Hey, what's lefty. going on? Hey, Lefty. Hey, Lefty, what you say? What's up, Irish fans? Another victory for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. 41-13 over the Wisconsin Badgers at Soldier Field. The early kickoff, it was the big game of the week. Everybody was there. Uh, big noon kickoff, game day. I'll say this, and then I'll let Malik just go ahead and give his his keys to what we saw on Chicago's lakefront today. I have a lot of respect for this team. And what I mean by that is there are a lot of Notre Dame teams you come into the season and you already know what you have. You know the stars. You know, we have longstanding uh, supremacy when it comes to the offensive line. We usually have great running backs. Skill positions are usually pretty good. And we usually have some guys on defense that will be selected to the NFL via the NFL draft. This season was a little bit different. There were a lot of unknowns. And the one thing I'll say about this football team that is fun to watch for any team that anyone is a fan of, you love to see your team respond to challenges. Whether it's week to week or whether it's in the games, these individual games, it doesn't matter what unit, defensively, offensively, special teams, when that needs to be a response this season, this team has found a way to respond and get W's. It's, it's a beautiful thing to see. It's almost like a tradition Coach Kelly has put us in of being able to stick it out and next man in mentality. Yeah. Something that you, you see each and every week almost. But it proves to even hold true that Coach Kelly deserved that that the position that he got today being the winning this all-time coach, and he said it perfectly with consistency. That's one of the, the unique traits about Coach Kelly, which is uh, certified him as a Hall of Fame type of coach in Notre Dame history. And we went out there today and, and did what Notre Dame does best under Coach Kelly, and that's find a way to win. It's never the prettiest victories. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it's a makeshift victory we always – uh, fall harder and harder for in love with Notre Dame. Uh, it would have been a double-digit victory, of course. You know, the two pick six in late yeah. in the fourth quarter kind of turned it into a blowout. And the game was nowhere near a blowout. It was a very competitive game going into the fourth quarter. Um, Ryan Kelly will get to a couple of things he said during the press conference that I thought were vitally important. I think Irish fans will want to hear going into next week's matchup against number eight Cincinnati in South Bend. But we have to talk about the obvious, right? The biggest complaint for most Irish fans going into this game would be and continues to be after the game, the offensive line for the fight Irish. Three yards rushing total for this offense, averaging less than two yards per carry. Now, look, we talked about it when we previewed this game briefly, that Wisconsin's front seven was going to be stout. They were big, they were stout. In the last five years, they were a top three defense. It was basically Alabama, Clemson, and Wisconsin. We talked about Jim Leonard as a defensive coordinator, how great he is. 
how aggressive he is with his front seven and his linebackers coming downhill. We knew that would be a challenge for this offensive line that was still trying to get his bearings. There were some bright spots, and then there was just some, man, some glaring fundamental issues with this offensive line. And then, I don't know about you, but initially in that first quarter, I did have a problem with the game plan Tommy Reese came out with. Now, I know Brian Kelly in the press conference said the game plan was going up against that stout front seven. They wanted to spread them out and pass the ball. They felt like they had to pass the ball about 40 to 45 times in order to get some chunk plays and move the ball. I had no problem with that. What I have a problem with is in the first quarter with a team and a defense that's coming off a bye week and that's extremely fresh and extremely excited, you just can't drop back five to seven yards out the gate and not have the quick game in there, whether it's slant, screens, or something. You can't expect – in that situation, as loud as it was for both sides and both offenses at times, you can't expect your offensive line that's already struggling to come out the gate and be able to hold up against that defensive line, five-step drop, and waiting for it, – it, it was just – it wasn't smart. Now, I give Tommy Reese a lot of credit because I think he adjusted. And I think overall the game plan was pretty good. But I just did. I thought he put he put that offensive line behind the eight ball early. Yeah, anytime you're asking the offensive line to, to protect several back-to-back uh, -back read type of plays for the quarterback, yeah. it's tough with non-experience, especially early on because you're trying to get your legs under you. I do think it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't, because I think everybody in the stadium, including Wisconsin, probably felt like we were going to come out and try to establish some sort of run early. Yeah. I think we had the matchups on the outside with Kevin Austin against that secondary with, with the, the, the amount of guys that we have. I think it was, in theory, it made sense to come out, throw the football, you know, work on that secondary because we knew the front seven was tough. Yeah. And they proved to be tough throughout the game. I mean, Kyron wasn't breaking the big runs, but, you know, Chris Tyree did a great job on special teams. But I think that's the day we pretty much expected going against the Jim Leonard defense. And then I don't think we thought we would come out of this game. <sighs> Man, what a triangle at the quarterback position. Uh, we, we <laughs> I will say this. Yo, I feel bad. And he had an opportunity to drop the touchdown last week. But at least two or three times a week, Braden Lindsey has his man beat by like five yards. And, and Jack Cone got, got – just bless him, man. His arm can't get the ball out there. I mean, neither. Drew can't get it out there neither. Yeah. And some NFL team is, needs to look deep into the film and realize that Braden Lindsey can take the top off a of defense. There's not too many defensive backs in the country that can hang with him, man. He And we said it. Let's be honest. We felt that this game was very winnable for Notre Dame, even though they were a six to a six-and-a-half point underdog. 
We felt that was crazy to me. Yeah. And I totally understand why 70% of the money from the public came in on Notre Dame. Yeah. It's like, like you giving Notre Dame six and a half? Yeah. That's... In Chicago? <laughs> okay. But it's just one of those things, man, where I just realized and figure each and every week with the weapons that Notre Dame has, my expectation is one week they're going to put up 40 points. Like it has to happen. And like I said, we've given Jack Cohn favorable grades. I felt like he was off a little bit in the first half. He had some bright spots. He missed two wide open opportunities to Braden Lynn. Two of them. And he missed one for Kevin Austin, who, who had beaten his defender. And shout out to his response as well. I talked about individuals in this team responding. Kevin Austin had an awful game last week. He did have an awful game. And boy, did he respond. He did. Like six for 87 for two tutties. Like you can't. He reminds me a little bit of a Corey Robinson at, at, at the receiver position. He's not a super speedster, but he has a ton of range when the ball's in his area. And he can make a play on just about anybody. So it makes it a tough matchup when you're there, but you're not really there. Braden Lindsay, on the other hand, if he's even, he's leaving. Yeah. And right now we don't have a guy that's that's throwing that thing like an A.F. Golson, a Malik, even Deshaun, you know, pushing the ball 60-plus down the field. But, you know, that goes back to how great Coach Kelly does in recruiting. And it's why he has the most wins in Notre Dame history. He puts the pieces around the quarterback position yeah. and give them success. And even when we're not as good in the position like we have been in the past, from an offensive line perspective, the pieces around us can cover for that and still give us the opportunity to win each week. And then in the game plan that they had to pass the ball, I thought the way they used Michael Mayer early. And this is each and every week, even next week. People, defenses come in with one hand tied behind the back, right? Because they have to figure out a way to take Michael Mayer. They're going to give him a game where he he goes for 150, 200, just because they're going to see him on film sometimes each and every week get less and less because they're doubling. Yeah, on him, and he's going to pop out for a huge. Yeah, that'll be great for Jack too as well. And the defensive scheme, a team like Cincinnati, who's very aggressive and loves to play man to man, is that type of team that would say, "You know what? We're going to put a safety on him, and we'll live with." And like Mm -hmm. you said, he could go. The him he was wide. The seam was open all day, all day, all day, all day. Jim Leonard's very slick with his schemes. He makes it look like he's bringing five, maybe six, and literally 90% of the time they're rushing four. And it, it looked like he had a perfect perfect solution early on for Jack, being able to, to rush that four or five and make it look like a little bit more, keep him in the pocket, mm-hmm. rushing from the middle. And it got him all balanced. I don't think he – I think he knew what was coming considering he just left there. And and Jim kind of had a, a a head up on what he's not very good at. I mean, they keyed on. They did a great job, especially stopping the running game early. 
put a lot of pressure on Jack in an emotional situation like that. So, I mean, if you're in the moment like that, I'm sure you're going up and down. He yeah. made some good throws early on before he got hurt and, and put the team in a position where, you know, Drew Byron kind of ride it out. We talk about the offensive line, but I will say this. There were a couple of those sacks where Jack just didn't keep his eyes up. Yeah. There were wide open receivers, mm-hmm. you know, and two of those sacks, those are totally on him. He had wide open receivers if he had just kept, kept his head up and they were coming wide open across, and like I said, in the middle of the field and in the seams. Brian Kelly said this during his press conference. I think it's very important, especially after watching a full day of college football where teams, you continue to think that teams traditionally that are good teams are going to click at some point. And we saw some of those teams go down to defeat. And Brian Kelly talked about it, like putting labels on teams and uh, possibly what he's finding out about his team. Yeah, so, you know, we've been talking about, you know, just look, everybody's trying to like peg teams like early on, like who are they, you know? um, We're still still trying to figure ourselves out right but everybody like had us already figured out as to who we were and i just know that it's a resilient group that believes they're going to win and and that that in itself when when you have a group of football players that there's some talent on this football team it's young there's some inexperience but there's such a, a there's such a strong commitment to their preparation like they work so hard in preparing and then they believe they're going to win Man, you put those things together. Um, now you got to go make plays, but they they just have a strong will that they believe they're going to win. Now somebody might come in and 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 take that away one week, but and we told them, listen, we 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 we're all in um, with with this team in terms of preparing each week and, and taking our best shot. What I thought was so key to that point was. Excuse me. We do. That's part of our job as the media, whether we're national media, podcasters, whatever. You know, we talk about college football. We talk about teams. It's our job to try and, you know, predict what we think this team is going to be like, you know, based upon the recruits, based upon the stars on each side of the ball. And as I said before, we came into the season with Notre Dame unknown and that's something different because i think the last three years we knew what notre dame had and we knew they would be contenders for a college football playoff this is the first year in a long time where we had the question like man we don't know what we have i think that i think that all comes down to us the only reason i think i told you a little earlier the only reason why everybody felt like this is a transitioning season is because of the quarterback position. When we had Ian Book, we were secure in the fact that him having almost the most wins in Notre Dame history as a quarterback, we know we could go far guaranteed into the season. Not having that leadership puts everything else in question because it's like having a car without the key. That's what made it feel like a transition. Yeah, every year you're going to have questions about 
the young guys that are stepping in, who's on the upcoming, the the defensive coordinator. But I mean, even if you looked at Marcus Freeman's track record, you know he was getting somebody good. It wasn't no scrub. <laughs> and neither was Clark Lee. You know, it wasn't like he, these guys are both in line to get head coaching positions real soon. So it's not like, you know, we're hiring people. We're just wishing and hoping that that uh, that can get the job done. We Coach Kelly does his due diligence and brings in the right people that can fit well together. And the thing that stood out to me was him talking about the belief in winning. And that just sticks to the culture. When you at Notre Dame, you feel the expectation of we got to perfect what we're doing because each and every week is like a Super Bowl game. I mean, who else, what other college football team is playing in NFL stadiums a quarter of their schedule every year? You don't really get – so you understand the the severity of why it's important to win each and every week, and they do a good job establishing that culture. So when you get things like your starting quarterback going down, the next man in is a real mentality. You got guys that – those roles and, and and lucky enough for us, we got guys that focus long enough throughout the week that can step in when they're called on. Yeah. Ryan Kelly also said that uh Jack Cone more than likely will be available based upon the clean x-ray they got back after the game. They feel like it's a soft tissue. They thought it might have been a high ankle sprain, but it's not reacting like that after multiple tests. Soft tissue injury once again. He should be available to go ahead and start versus Cincinnati. Now, Cincinnati, literally, uh, Cincinnati's defensive coordinator, man, <laughs> has to watch film on three quarterbacks. That that that's crazy because it had to be an advantage. There's no way Jim Leonard spent a lot of time. What well, what film can he watch from Drew Pine? He only threw two passes before today. Yeah. And I think when Drew came in, it was a shock because Drew could move. And it wasn't like, there's the quarterback. He's on this spot. Go get him. Even though Wisconsin still was rushing the passer, if they open lanes, Drew would step up, navigate the pocket, get to the outside. He got to the outside on one of his first passes, threw the ball nicely over the middle to complete a pass to Kevin Austin. And him and Kevin Austin seemed like they had a very nice connection. Big conversion on third and five late in the game on the comeback to the left sideline. Of course, the touchdown pass, which I thought he worked the eyes to move the linebacker just enough to the right. And as soon as Kevin Austin came behind him, threw it right into that little spot where he vacated for the touchdown. So Drew Pine did a really nice job. Six for nine, uh, a touchdown. Of course, you know, got stripped, turned the ball over after Notre Dame had gotten the ball for the offense in a short field. You don't like to see that. But then after Wisconsin goes up 13 to 10, we talk about responses. Here come we I haven't seen a Notre Dame special teams touchdown in a while. In a long time. (laughs) (laughs) And they pick they picked the perfect time. Yeah, perfect time because we wasn't running the ball, so it was it was looking real sticky. Yeah, in terms of how we gonna get it done. But when you got when you what is it? If you score a special team touchdown like that, you get like ninety percent chance you win the game. Something crazy like that. 
crazy. And it was a great cutback by Chris Tyree on the punter. And then once he split the defenders, it was like, oh, it's, it's a wrap. Track speed. It's, it's, it's a wrap. And then it was easy speed because he coasted like the last 15 yards. So that's huge. And that's that's huge to get on film for other teams. Like, okay, we might have to think about kicking away from this dude. You know, now it affects the kickoff, and instead of starting at the 25, maybe you're getting the ball at the 30, 35-yard line. So they finally went to a uh, field kick return call in the second half. I don't know why Notre Dame, Brian Kelly, and Brian Polian love the boundary returns. They love boundary returns. They, I don't know when you have speed back there, run to the field. Yeah. Get them space to open. And Brian Kelly mentioned that, you know, when you go to the field, you open yourself up for holding calls. It's like, yeah, okay. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have a guy back there with speed, give him room to operate and hope, not hope, demand that your guys be disciplined. Yeah. And Alabama does it every week. I have to get to the blockers, man. There was a wall that you saw. As he was coming across the field, it was like, whoa, that's a that's a heck of a lane right there. That's it, absolutely. You know, and he made he made the one man miss and it was off to the races. And then after that, we're gonna get a Marcus Freeman earned every bit of his salary. Oh yeah, I mean our guy Cam Hart made some plays today. It was good to see him out there looking like a guy, a dude. Marcus Freeman, man, he he stuck with the game plan that he came into Notre Dame with. He Obviously, the first game was rough, but he didn't shy away from it. Uh, then you got guys making plays. I mean, it was it was refreshing to see guys get better, even from the week before, especially on a ranked opponent like Wisconsin. Knowing what we're going to get, we talked about us making tackles and being physical in that front seven, and they did that. I mean, they were doing that all game. <clears throat> Back in when you got 14, and, and that's raising the level of the other secondary players. Everybody's starting to make plays and fly around, and it's making it a real tough time for offenses to be um, having long drives on us. They may get explosive plays, but not long drives, which Wisconsin is really good at. Yeah, they are. They are, and we shut them down. We held them to 76 yards rushing on the ground, and when they can't run the ball, everything else. And also, look, Kyle Hamilton, once again, They said take the tight end away, and he did it all day. Like, that's their number one option in the passing game. You take him away. 14 was on him all day. If he wasn't on him, they bracketed him with a linebacker and a DB, and then Cal was coming down into the box. We saw him over the slot, sticking receivers and sticking the slot receiver. I mean, the, the kid was all over the place. Even though he didn't get the turnover that we're used to him getting, he was still he was still, he was a factor. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what fourteen does, man. I thought he was going to jump in that quarterback when Jack went down. So you know he can do it all, and that's a lot of what is going to be required of him if we want to have any chance of winning late in the season is is being able to be on their number one uh, target, and that's going to benefit the team, especially the young defense that he has. If he can be way, if he can be able to take their best player and make the other offense one-dimensional, 
Yeah. It helped uh, a first-year defensive coordinator, Marcus Freeman, a lot more. <laughs> Yo, probably the best game by the Notre Dame linebackers. Oh, 100%. Like this, this was the game where we felt like and we said their medal is going to be proven yeah. in this game. Because it wasn't, wasn't running from you. No, Wisconsin's lining up, and we're running. They're running right at you. And we've had problems with fits, overrunning plays, opening up for big plays. The only big play they really got was a shovel pass. When it actually was a great, it was a great counter by Paul Chris in his play column because he knew when he saw that their linebackers were beating their offensive linemen to the spot, play actioned it. And then the counter with the shovel pass with the running back coming back. And it, it was open. Which Just will be the play I'll be using next week in my high school. <laughs> it was it was a great play call. You had to tip your cap, and it led to uh, their only touchdown of the day. We said this, and I'm going to be as gentle as I can because we're talking about 19, 20-year-olds. Graham Merce is awful. Yeah, he sucks. He's but awful. But you know, I don't think they they thought of him as a as a as a superhero for the team. He's really just a, another version of what a game manager is, and it looks worse when the running game is not there. The thing and the problem with Graham Mertz is that he's so regular that you only notice him when he does bad. So when you throw them back to back pick sixes. That's the only thing people remember from the game. And we almost forget that it was a good game until that happened. So it just shows you when you have a lack of uh, pop or lack of splash at the QB position, you only get mentioned when something goes wrong. And that's not a good feeling to have. Yeah, and he can only complete passes over the middle. Yeah. Anything to the sideline, anything deep. I mean, he was doing uh, drill work out there to our secondary just – Easy pick sixes, like easy. They, they do it in warm ups in practice, just easy backup pedal and drive. Like, <laughs> man, it was cupcake stuff. So, the defensive line, of course, we don't have to ask. We know each and every week, you don't have to ask who led the team in tactics. It's going to be the same dude, JD Bertrand, just all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Once again, man, it was good to see 12 on the field, George Bertello. Mm-hmm. Man, tackles for loss, quarterback hurry, solid, solid setting the edge in the run defense. And with their captain and nose and nose, Kurt Heinish unavailable today. Howard Cross showed up, played huge. And you love to see that, man, especially yeah. when guys and guys in general can get in there and fly around and feel comfortable in what they're doing. And that's where we talked about in the beginning of the season. These guys are going to love playing for Marcus Freeman. And Marcus Freeman is going to take away a lot of hesitancy of these guys feeling comfortable. I mean, they already click with them through recruiting, and it just bleeds over and carries over into the, the game on the field. And it shows. You can tell the defense enjoys the calls they're getting and likes who they're, who they're getting ran by as a leader on Marcus Freeman. And then they're playing free. For our guys to be with 
tasked with the responsibility of basically changing our identity on defense. On the fly. On the fly. And doing it with young guys and doing it and getting better each week, it shows that they got the right mix and the right steps needed to to be the defense we want to be towards the later of the season. And don't don't be misled. Only one sack. It was a huge sack. Huge sack. Strip sack that led to a turnover. And Jason Adam Adam Mola and his brother Justin just all up making plays all day. Jason dominated. I don't know who his guy was. Yeah. But he yeah. dominated. And see, this is let's be real. Okay, because everybody wants to talk about the offensive line for Notre Dame. Wisconsin's offensive line didn't have a good day. They didn't. They didn't have a good day. Paul Chris isn't watching that film saying, oh, man, my offensive line played well. Now, I don't know if you give that credit to Notre Dame's defense or you want to talk about their fundamentals too. I would give it to our defense, though, because Wisconsin, they they steady kept trying to do the double guard pull. Yeah. And we kept stopping it at the line of scrimmage, and that's Wisconsin's bread and butter when they can get that two guard pool going. And then let's go to, like you said, best game for our linebackers. Yo, is he becoming that dude? We've been asking him for three weeks. We've been asking, we've been saying, Cam, you're there. You're there. Just <laughs> trust, trust yourself, trust your technique. And just make the plays. And today, he's out there, and it almost looks like he's like a one B fourteen. Yeah, because he's he almost looks similar built. The only difference is he's a little darker, but he almost looks like the same type of player from how they move on the field. Very similar skill types. To one just playing more of a free roamer, the other one playing corner. But in terms of wiry athleticism and range. Cam and, and Kyle, they they definitely holding it down back there. Yeah. Clarence Lewis, Tariq Bracey, they gave up a couple of inside moves, one for the touchdown, another one for a third down conversion. You know, and like I said, I'm noticing, you know, watching the game, like, yo, Graham Merce can only complete, complete passes to the inside. And if you look at the second interception, you know, inside technique by Cam mm-hmm. Hart, Inside technique. Expecting the expecting inside route and just jumped it because, mm-hmm. yo, they noticed this dude hasn't compete, completed anything outside the hash. Mm-hmm. Everything has been high, erratic, and he's only completed slants and yes. routes over the middle. That's it. So a perfect play. The safeties were really good today because you didn't you didn't hear anything and that's a, that's a good thing that's a good thing it's like when you don't hear the point guard's name you know that's a real point guard because no turnovers a bunch I mean, of getting to the third level either that's why i mean yeah to the third level we're coming downhill right the difference in the philosophy which is important we were a top-down defense before this year yeah now we're coming downhill. It's a whole nother mentality, which puts a lot of stress on our guys on protecting the explosive plays, but we're not allowing things to reach the third level either. Yeah. You know, we're stopping a lot of things at the line scrimmage. And it's, a, it's funny because each week, before I get to this, let's, let's go ahead and hear from Coach Kelly because he, he talked about how proud he was 
of his defense and how they bought in to uh, this new defense on the fly. And I, I think I alluded to this when we've had our opportunities to answer questions about our defense was that, you know, we just needed to tap the brakes early on about, you know, our defense. It, it takes some time to get everything in and there's layers to our defense. We played a lot of man early on. We've added some of our dime and, and nickel packages and, Quite frankly, we've got some guys making plays. I mean, Cam's a great example of it, right? Cam, Cam gets called for a PI. He lets that go, which you have to at corner, and he steps underneath the same play uh, for a pick. So we're just developing, and and so Marcus is getting his players to develop on defense, and we're adding some, you know, layers to that defense. You hear that? What he said at the end, Marcus is developing. Yeah, his players going. on defense. And once again, always been a bigger development of defensive players at Notre Dame than offensive players. And if Coach Kelly is pointing out now, expect a lot of first-round guys for Marcus Freeman in the future, including Kyle. Kyle's already a first-rounder, but he's even better under Marcus Freeman. Foskey would probably be one. Foskey. Has a chance to be one. I don't know if we'll see and watch Cam over the next year or two. And we know what he has coming in these recruiting classes. Like the defensive line and the linebackers, the length and speed he has coming in. It's length and strength. Oh, man. And, and that's what I keep telling people. Like we're not being disrespectful of the current talent no. on, on, the, on the defensive side of the ball. What we're saying is as you watch this scheme and in your mind you start to put – longer, rangier, more athletic players in certain positions, you see just how dominant this defense can be. Oh, yeah. How, how much havoc it can create for offenses. It's matchup problems. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Marcus Freeman, you give him toys? Because right now – like I said, he's trying to teach he it. To with his fourteen, yeah, Bertrand, and then he'll 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 go off with those two, and then yeah. something here and there. But when he's getting these recruits in, you don't know if it's gonna come from the corner, safety, the linebacker. You don't know where it's gonna come from. So that's the development. I'm sure Coach Kelly's talking about. Yeah, when he gets his toys in place, watch out because this defense is probably going to be top five annually. Dang. Marcus Freeman. All right, you know what time it is. Got your red pen? Got it out. Let's get it. <laughs> Let's start with the offensive side of the ball. And, of course, the offensive line. What's your grade for the offensive line today? I give them a C. I think they, they did well against a, a defensive line we knew would be a good challenge for us. Mm -hmm. There was a, obviously a lot of things you could point out wrong, but with the W and, and the way we – held together with a third-string guy in, uh, it's, it's average, you know, because our expectations of what we can be is and the potential is there. So you don't want to give us something that we can be so much better for later on. Let's go ahead and go to our quarterbacks. We had a third one. And Drew Pine. So Jack Cohn and Drew Pine, what's their cumulative grade today? I think – Drew Pine, I, I have to give him separate grades. I give him Drew Pine a B. I think that fits his role 
as a football player in general, a guy that can come in, have some confidence, have some swag to him, and, and manage the game to a victory when it's already sealed up. Yeah, I think that he's he's more of like he he's not the plumber, but he'll come and glue and, and tighten your toilet down. You know what I mean? He may not do the whole plumbing, but he can he can do the trimmings for you. Yeah, man, Jack. You know, with with all the emotions and things involved, you know, I can give him a B. Well, I'll give him a C because he didn't finish like he probably wanted to, yeah, but yeah. he did give us a good lead and a good standing before he got <laughs> before he got taken out, and then just as a committee, I think just be just being prepared and being ready. I mean, all four of them, even Ron Paulus's son, had an opportunity to start this year, and all four of them did a good job of sticking with it and being ready when the names go. You know what? I almost want to say incomplete for the running back group because I just I, – I don't yeah. know how fair it is to give them a grade behind that offensive line, but just for the sake of it. The run, I, the Kyron had two big blitz pickups. Yeah, I think I think the versatility you can give both of those guys A's because they impacted the game outside of just purely running the football. Yeah, making plays on special teams, making plays without the football, and so those obviously are, are a pillar in what we're doing on offense. And yeah, even though they didn't get all of the highlights. You can't have a good game without them being involved, and so you got to give them a B for for just their behind the scenes work. And one of the most, I think, one of the best sets and best things to go to is the thirteen package, right? Mm-hmm. You have you know your thirteen package, and then you see it send Kyron either to the slot or out wide. Yeah, and they've been able to hurt teams from that formation, and it was no different than today. You know, anytime they spread Wisconsin out, if they could get time for that quarterback, some someone we had people running open all day, all day, all day long. So, which leads me to our pass catchers, wide receiver core, and the tight ends. What's your grade for those guys? I give those guys a B. I think just from a development standpoint, we're looking better each week. As a as a receivers are developing, you know, I'm I'm really liking Kevin, man. I think Kevin is doing a good job of just being that go-to guy each week for us. And then we're gonna get the ball to Brady Lindsay eventually. When that starts opening up, you'll see how we can flourish at the receiver position. I think the freshman might be the only person that can get the ball to him. <laughs> yeah, and he got a, a once in a lifetime hamstring injury. I don't understand that. What quarterback you know is out of games? That's a backup. It's a backup. Injuries. That's that's poor development on that end. And let's talk about the offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese. I was not impressed with his play calling when he got down to the red zone that first time, led to a uh, missed field goal. And I got sick and tired of him going to the pistol formation. It's like there's no reason to go to the pistol formation against that defense. Either you're gonna be offset or you <laughs> or you're gonna go and run left or right. You know, running these straight ahead runs is all blunt. You're asking to be stuffed. You have to give Kyron an opportunity to see some type of window and give that offensive line a chance to run. But the truth of the matter is. He's really not athletic along along the offensive line. 
to mm-hmm. pull and really run zone plays, which fits Kyron because he wants to be able to be patient and then see the hole, put his foot in the ground and go. Yeah, and, and for Tommy, you know, I just think that it was a a tough a tough play calling style game for him due to the fact yeah. that he knows that there were explosive plays available, but we didn't have the guns to pull the trigger with or the guys to pull the trigger with. And so you're stuck, you know, being routine and, and doing the things that he likes, but that fit right into what the defense is good at themselves. And it was just a game of who cannot make the bigger mistake on offense. Yeah. And it, and it seemed to be us. I mean, Drew Pine went in there and was efficient. It wasn't explosive. It wasn't the most entertaining thing in the world, but he did his job. So those are the, those are the type of plays that we need to win games like that, and we just execute it better. So Tommy Reese gets a – I think Tommy Reese gets a, a B before we, because we won, but that's a, that's a game that's going to be tougher – uh, in situations where we know we can make explosive plays, but we got to get creative on how we get get it done. What did you give the wide receivers? Did I gave them a B. I gave them a B. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the other side of the ball. Let's start with the defensive line. What's your grade for the defensive line? I give them an A. I think we yeah. Yeah. we discussed the challenge that they needed to step up to, and 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 what they were going to get. Yeah, the best teams that run the football consistently through the years and and for us to go up against that and, and stand trying and true to hold them under 100 is, is a huge a huge credit yeah how many teams can do that so uh gotta give them an a and and, and also give them an a because everybody played well it wasn't just one or two d linemen the whole d line group played very well today. your linebackers we said we felt like it was the best game they played all year What's your grade for the linebackers? Got to give them an A too. I like that we got some picks out of them. We got some good, uh, some good stops by them as well, and just the overall toughness. I think we went from a a flying around and physical team, and we we really anchored down and and stuck our head where we needed to go. A lot of times, guys, especially when it gets late in the game, don't want to do that, but we did it early and often. And then when we started pouring it on, we didn't we didn't quit. You know, we didn't put in and let them just work down the field. We kept picking them off, picking them off. And that's the type of stepping on the neck defense we need, and and the linebackers are leading that group. Jack Kaiser, shout out to him on that pick six because on the same drive, I think it was about four plays prior, he had the same opportunity and kind of got lost where he was on the field. Mm-hmm. And Merch completed the pass to prior. Kaiser was right there. Yeah, like if he realized like where he was, he should have picked it, and they went right back to it. About four plays later, it was like, "Hello, hello." That's a man. It has to be a good feeling. Yeah, it what's a better feeling, the pick six or the kickoff return for a touchdown? Kickoff return because I mean, you know, that's that's the scariest part of football, right there. Eleven guys running at your full speed. Yeah. Right? 50, 60 yards away, and you crease all that and score. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you – You're talking about taking the win out of the Wisconsin Badgers sale. Like, they literally had just got through rocking the stadium with the jump around. Yeah, that's how you sound now, man. Literally had just got through rocking it, and then, man, gut punch. Gut punch. That's how you do it, though. That's how you you take control of the game, and then, like, 15 seconds later, it's like, oh, man. 
from that point on. We'll need that at Virginia Tech, too. So hopefully we save some of those special team plays for Virginia Tech. Now, before I get to – no, you know what? Let me get your grade for the DBs before. You know, I, I have a beef with, with my boy Cam Hart. But I, before I get to it, go ahead and give us the grade for the secondary. I give it a B because I can't go lower than that because they got 14 back there. But they got so much potential. I think the most potential out of all the groups is the secondary. And I think they're on the cusp of being an A. They had a good day. They would be. Yeah. Clarence Lewis and Tariq Bracey looking for them to step their games up. They're going to be challenged next week against Cincinnati. My beef with Cam Hart is Cam. You don't step out of bounds. You got a chance for the pick six, bro. Yeah, I don't you understand don't do why he lacks so do much. I don't know what was going on. Like, Drew White didn't slow down. He no. Bounds, and the other dude didn't either. So <laughs> I'm like, Cam, you're so generous. I don't understand. Like, all you much. had to do was cut back. Yeah, no. Block That's like you on a fast break and you three on one and you pulling up from half court. Man, you could have walked in. You you made it easy on the guy, right? <laughs> like you, man, you cut your own highlight short. Yeah, like Texas put seventy up on Texas Tech for a reason. We should have did the same. He was gonna give it to us. I mean, right. he was out there just throwing it easy for us. I'm like, we gotta embarrass him if he's doing that. I'm sitting up here like you running out of bounds. Yeah, like when did we start doing that <laughs> on a pick six? Like man, like it was it was an obvious pick six. He had a lane and everything. Nah, I gotta put that. I gotta put him on the petty train for that. Yeah, that's yeah. Man. Get your you stats. Get your stats up, Cam. <laughs> Marcus Freeman, what's your grade for defensive coordinator, Marcus man, Freeman? I'm giving him a B because I want to give him an A next weekend. I think he did a great job of of stopping an offense that you know what you're gonna get, which is it's tough to do because if they you know what they're doing, it's still hard. You know, that's a whole nother story. But he did a great job today. I gave him a B, but I really want to give him an A for next week. Let's try to simplify this as we get ready to close it out. We said that this game really wasn't as big of a challenge as most people thought it would be. Right. Simply because we had the we had more playmakers. Yeah, we got yeah, we got more playmakers. We had more playmakers and we have more talent. Just like we are next week. Way yeah. more playmakers, way more talent. Yeah. And Wisconsin can't score. Yeah. Wisconsin can't score. Even on a bad day for the Notre Dame offense, Wisconsin can't score. It's week four. He only threw one touchdown, and that's the most touchdowns he has all season so far. So, Mertz, they got to get rid of him. Man. Right now, you got Paul Chris, who recruited you, is probably sitting in his office with a nice cold one trying to figure out how he screwed up the quarterback situation. I honestly don't know if he – You know what? I don't know if it's he – It's not be like good. Jack was, like, that yeah. much better. If Jack was that much better, he'd be there. Yeah. So to say that he probably looked worse in that system says a lot. You know, maybe Mertz would look great for us if he was over here, you know. and I don't know, bro. I don't know if I'll put money on that one. I don't know if I'll put money on that one. <laughs> I don't know. He looked like a junior varsity quarterback out there. I didn't see no quality where I'm like, man, he's just outright starter. I don't know why they would ever, you know, but 
Something they got to figure out. He made now, what's the price of making a decision like that based upon high ceiling? See, Graham Murphy is a high ceiling. You watch him throw the ball. You see the strong arm. You see the athleticism, his ability to run when the play breaks down and possibly create off script. Poor man's Daniel Jones. Whoa. That might be an insult to Daniel Jones. <laughs> I mean, but that's Daniel Jones is the 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 archetype for what people that say these guys got potential. All these guys got a potential like a Daniel Jones. Somehow they athletic and they can run sometimes. Yeah. They yeah. got the height, they got the arm, they've been doing the offense forever, they know the terminology, they got all this magical, mythical potential and ceiling, and then they give you average games most of the time, but they they get that narrative of, but they can give you one game, but most of the time is real average, and that's just the definition of what they got. See, you can't have a quarterback like that. Now, if you're gonna win, and you don't have, to, I'm not talking about national championships. If you're just consistently going to win college football games like having a quarterback like that and every crew has one of these guys growing up like that guy when you look up and you got a squab with the next block over and you get back to the crib and you're like dude where did you go yeah like oh man i, I thought we were all running like dude any any it's always one in the crew at the first hint of anything going down they're taking off Nowhere to be found. And that's what a quarterback like Graham Mercy is. Like, when things get hard, he's nowhere to be found. I'm telling you, you don't got no special qualities, but the hype around you. It's hard to fake the funk when you're out there. You know, all that stuff falls to the wayside, and they just look at you as another guy that, you know, if it all goes right, you look great. And that's not what you want to be labeled as a quarterback. Cincinnati, the Bearcats. They invade South Bend next week. We'll have your coverage right here on Lucky Lefty Podcast all week. As always, subscribe to Lucky Lefty Podcast on YouTube. Follow us on Apple Podcasts and on social media at Lucky Lefty Pod. We spin it different. The Lucky Lefties. Let's get it. Hey, it's going to be very interesting to see what Coach Kelly has to say on Monday. So we'll be talking about that on the slant. And then Wednesday, we'll begin to preview the Cincinnati-Notre Dame matchup. Notre Dame probably moves up from number 12 in the nation after a couple of uh, big upsets in the top 10 this weekend. And we'll probably have a top 10 matchup. And Notre Dame, once again, as always, will be the marquee matchup. Um, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Ole Miss, Ole Miss and Alabama play next week as well. And the Michigan, Wisconsin, but I guess they didn't and, win the game. That, that's no longer a marquee matchup. Nobody want to watch that. And nobody <laughs> wants to watch that. And then Rutgers almost took out Michigan at the big house. Michigan's good for being uh, some fakers too. They'll be good for a hot second, and then in another hot second, be real bad. You know what? I'm glad you mentioned that because we saw a lot of teams in the first three weeks. And this goes back to what Coach Kelly was saying about us putting labels on teams. 
you watch a team for three weeks and you're like, oh, man, this team is really good. And then you watch them in week four against inferior competition play a close game. And it's like, yo, you watch Notre Dame struggle for three weeks and come get, up and get better. We got different trend lines. Right. right. So, you know, would you rather, like right now, Notre Dame fans, I know you have a lot to be worried about with the offensive line, but would you rather be Notre Dame or would you rather Clemson? Ohio State. Well, Ohio State did eventually score 52 points with their second-string quarterback today. So, I mean, I I would rather be Ohio State because of Ryan Day. This man, Clemson? I I don't see it shows you what they when you don't have a top quarterback, you look real yes. even yes. with good recruits. Yes. I mean it's just what it is. It's no it is what it is. Look, if you look at all these teams that were great, they had great quarterbacks. You with the most talent in the world, you're gonna look average with an average guy and an average O line, because Clemson got an average O line too. So it's just like, what do you want? Every game gonna be tough for Clemson. <laughs> Clemson might end up with two or three losses in the conference. In the conference, because they in the conference. I'm not talking about total. Because Virginia Tech gonna give them something. Virginia Tech gonna give them something. Uh, UNC gonna give them something. Miami gonna give them something if they play Miami this year. So it's gonna get it's gonna get a little tricky over there. So once again, <laughs> Lucky Lefty Podcast. It's crazy, man. This is once again. Alabama and the rest of the pack. That's <laughs> what it always comes down to. Alabama and the rest of the pack. Very interesting seeing if Ole Miss can put up points on them. No, uh, no chance. Uh, Ole Miss, under, I will say this. Uh, Ole Miss has been able to put up points. They haven't been able to put up the same amount of points as Alabama. I like Matt Corral. I think he's really good. I just, you know. Is Matt Corral a Chad Kelly? Mm. I mean, Chad Kelly did go into Tuscaloosa and come away with one. If, so, he, if he ain't good or better, then at least, and I don't know. Matt, Matt Corral will have his opportunity next week. As I said before, we'll have everything you need right here on Lucky Lefty Podcast all week leading up to the Notre Dame-Cincinnati matchup. For the original Lucky Left, Malik Zaire at Overtime Malik. I am Sean Davis, and we'll see you Monday when we talk to you on the slant about Brian Kelly and what he had to say about this win once again and the the Cincinnati Bearcats coming into South Bend next Saturday. We'll talk to you soon, man. And it's different.